0: Hey, this is Dave DeCamp from anti This is Anti-War News for Monday, February 5th, 2024. All right, so first thing I want to start with today uh, was the news from Friday that what we feared was going to happen happened. President Biden ordered... A ton of airstrikes in Iraq and Syria. Um, They said that they hit 85 targets in both countries. And when U.S. Central Command made the announcement of the airstrikes, they said that they targeted the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and affiliated militias. So that's what we were worried about, them actually targeting Iranians. As things stand now, there's no sign that any Iranians were killed. It was mostly the Iraqi Uh, militia members at least in Iraq and then in Syria it's not clear exactly uh, who was killed but Kyle Anzalone wrote this stuff up for me uh, for us over the weekend Um, so I'll just read a little bit from his story it says a massive U.S. bombing campaign struck scores of targets in Iraq and Syria with over 100 bombs leaving about 40 people dead including civilians and so in Iraq The Iraqi government said that 16 Iraqis, including some civilians, were killed, although the following day, the PMF, which is the Popular Mobilization Forces, they're the the militias that are actually part of the Iraqi security forces. They said that 16 of their members were killed. And then the the Syrian death toll is unconfirmed. The only number we really have is from the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, which they're based in the UK. They're not really the best source, but they're the only ones putting out a number. They say 23 were killed in Syria. Uh, The Syrian Defense Ministry said that uh, members of, of their military, the Syrian military, were killed as well as some civilians, but they didn't put out a number. So far, I've not seen Iran say that any of their guys were killed so you know we'll see how this escalates and this was mostly in eastern Syria and western Iraq that these strikes were launched now to get into the 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 next story the top story at antiwar.com today the US seems to be threatening that they're not done uh, the US refuses to rule out strikes inside Iran So National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on Sunday refused to rule out direct U.S. airstrikes inside Iran while discussing the widespread bombing the U.S. launched in Iraq and Syria on Friday. And of course, these airstrikes, they're saying, were in response to the drone attack in Jordan on the Syrian border that happened on January 28th and killed three U.S. troops. So Sullivan said this while appearing on CNN's State of the Union. He signaled that the bombing campaign is not over, saying that the U.S. is planning more actions. So when asked if the U.S. has ruled out launching attacks on Iranian territory, Sullivan said, quote, Look, sitting on a national TV program, I'm not going to rule in and rule out any activity anywhere, end quote. So, um... And it's important, remember, as I've been covering a lot, the U.S. is saying, is blaming Iran for the Jordan drone attack, even though they have no evidence. They freely admit that they have no evidence that Iran was directly involved. They say they're responsible because they arm the Shia militias the U.S. believed what was behind the drone attack. Um, so that's really it. And and we've seen other comments from U.S. officials kind of hinting that more strikes in Iraq and Syria could come and that that's what they were saying before the initial round uh was launched and again they said that they dropped 100 and about 125 munitions 125 bombs on iraq and syria all right so the next one here iraq and syria were not the only place that the u.s bombed over the weekend the u.s and the uk launched another round of heavy strikes on yemen so the U.S. and Britain launched another round of joint missile strikes in Yemen on Saturday night as the situation in the Red Sea continues to escalate and the Houthis still show no sign of backing down. So U.S. Central Command said the strikes were launched against 13 targets in 36 locations in Houthi-controlled Yemen, which is where most Yemenis live. Uh, Houthi military spokesman Yahya Saria said that there was 48 strikes in total in multiple Governance or, or provinces, including in Sanaa, Hodeida, Taiz, Al Bayda, Hajjah, and Sada. So that's um, a lot of areas where these these strikes were hitting. And CENTCOM claimed that the strikes hit multiple underground storage facilities, command and control missile systems, drone storage, and other operation sites. The command said that the bombing, so it was launched by the U.S. and the U.K., and they say it was supported by Australia. Bahrain, Canada, Denmark, the Netherlands, and New Zealand. So Bahrain has been the only Arab country that I've seen, uh, you know, lumped into this this group of countries that say they're supporting the U.S. in the Red Sea against the Houthis. So so this was on Saturday night, late Saturday night, Yemen time. And then early Sunday, a few hours later, CENTCOM said that it launched another strike against a Houthi anti-ship missile. And on on Sunday, the command said that it launched two more rounds of so that so the U.S. bombed. Is my math right here? Yeah, they they bombed Yemen three times on Sunday, and when we're talking total rounds of airstrikes, so the one that the U.S. and the U.K. launched was pretty significant. I count that as like a round of of airstrikes, uh, the same as when the U.S. announces that they just bombed, you know, one Houthi missile or something. So by my count, there's been 18 rounds of airstrikes, U.S. airstrikes. Some, sometimes the, the the U.K. joined in, but it was mostly unilateral U.S. airstrikes in Yemen. So 18 times since January 12th. So this is a pretty serious bombing campaign uh, that's going on here. And I do, I believe the, the more extensive ones, they launched from fighter jets and warships, it seems like the, the ones where they just say, oh, they hit a Houthi missile that was preparing to fire or something, it's usually Tomahawk missiles that they launch from, you know, Navy destroyers and another warships in the Red Sea. Um, so, and again, the Houthis still saying that they're not going to back down. Uh, Saria, the military spokesman, said on Sunday, quote, These attacks will not deter us from our moral, religious, and humanitarian stance in support of Of the steadfast Palestinian people in the Gaza Strip, and will not pass without response and punishment. End quote. And the point I always have to make is that the U.S. backed a Saudi-UAE war against the Houthis, a brutal war from 2015 to 2022 that killed at least 377,000 people. Huge bombing campaign, there was a ground campaign, huge battles on the ground, and that didn't stop the Houthis. If anything, it made them stronger. So the idea that what the U.S. is doing is going to really put a dent in the Houthis is just just not right. All right, so the next one here, Iraq declares three days of mourning for those killed in U.S. airstrikes. So on Saturday, Iraqi Prime Minister Mohammed Shia al-Sudani declared three days of mourning for the Iraqis killed by U.S. airstrikes that were launched on Friday. According to a statement from al-Sudani's media office, the prime minister declared the days of mourning, quote, across state departments and institutions as a tribute to the martyrs of our armed forces and civilians who lost their lives due to the U.S. airstrikes on the Akashat and Kaim areas in the western Anbar province, end quote. The statement said that Iraq was also summoning the U.S. envoy to protest The strikes. So Iraq, of course, is not happy about this. They have not been happy about any of the U.S. airstrikes that have happened uh, over the past few months since mid-October, when the uh, U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria in Iraq and Syria started coming under attack. Remember, the U.S. launched several rounds of strikes in eastern Syria and Iraq since October. These ones that they did on Friday were the most extensive by far. But this has been going on now uh, for quite some some time. And uh, the PMF, the Popular Mobilization Forces, who lost fighters in the strikes, they put out a statement on Sunday saying that Iraq must be cleansed of U.S. forces. The leader of the PMF said, quote, the American aggression was a direct targeting of the popular mobilization forces. This incident will not go unnoticed because it represents a shameless targeting. The land of Iraq must be cleansed of foreign presence, end quote. So going back to the Iraqi prime minister's statement, you notice that they call them members of their armed forces because that's what the PMF is. And the PMF and the US were actually on the same side, against ISIS and and fought on the same side as a pretty major battles like the the battle of Mosul uh, the one uh when ISIS controlled the city so it just shows what a mess you know US the the whole US policy in Iraq is um and the group that's been taking credit for most of the attacks on US bases in Iraq and Syria calls itself the Islamic Resistance of Iraq and that includes a lot of these Shia militias that are part of the PMF as well um, It's kind of vague. They keep it, I think, intentionally vague who's actually in that group. Um, but anyway, and so Iraq and the U.S. are, they did start these discussions about the future of the U.S. military presence. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be a quick process. Uh, but this is just in, going to increase the calls from Iraq for the U.S. to get out. So um, we'll see, you know, how things play out. But it's worth pointing out Iraq says that they want them, they want the U.S. to leave, and then over in Syria, uh, they're not U.S. troops are not welcome either because the Syrian government is totally against the occupation, uh, the U.S. occupation of eastern Syria. So two places where the U.S. is not wanted yet they they decide to stay and, and bomb the place anyway. All right, so the next one here: Iraqi bases housing U.S. troops attacked following strikes on militias. So. This is another one from Kyle that he wrote up over the weekend, and basically, uh, there was a couple drone attacks claimed against U.S. forces in Iraq, and so there's still more attacks on U.S. bases following the airstrikes. So far, it doesn't seem that significant. Didn't seem like it was anything that really did um, damaged, really did any damage, so... Uh, It's kind of something to keep an eye on. I believe it was just two attacks on on two bases, um, but no reports of casualties or damage or anything like that. So we will see uh, how it all plays out. Um, So it was actually in Syria and Iraq that there was these attacks. But again, it it doesn't seem like anything major yet, but we'll see if the PMF, you know, they could have a pretty big response. They do, you know, more organized than just firing a few rockets and uh, drones, if they really want to, you know, attack the U.S., they they can. You know, if the Iraqi military turns on the U.S., it's not going to be a good situation for the U.S. troops who are there. Uh, All right, so the next one here, the Senate unveils a $118 billion foreign military aid bill. So, the Senate, they've been negotiating this behemoth foreign military aid bill that also includes spending for the border they've been trying to get a deal on border policy migration policy and they reached a deal and the senate appropriations committee on sunday unveiled a massive 118 billion dollar spending bill that includes military aid for ukraine israel and taiwan as well as spending for president biden's new war with the houthis so they're lumping it all in together and this bill is a result of months of negotiations between Senate Democrats and Republicans on border policies, and it includes $20 billion in border spending. The rest of it is mostly foreign military aid. Um, so it's not clear if this is going to pass. Some Republicans uh, in the Senate are not happy with the deal, and then there's some kind of progressive Democrats who think that the border agreement, you know, the the measures are, are too restrictive of immigration And then in the House, the House Speaker, Mike Johnson, has flat out rejected it. He says that it's going to be dead in the House. And because he uh, is a big Israel supporter, Johnson says that there's going to be a vote on the House floor this week for a standalone bill for Israel for $17.6 billion to support the Israeli slaughter that's happening in Gaza. Um, so, So it looks like they're going to try to push that through. If that passes the House, which it probably will, the question is if it's going to go through the Senate or if the Senate's going to try to get the big thing passed. So anyway, this this $118 billion spending bill, it includes $14.1 billion for Israel, so a little less than what the House just passed for Israel. It includes $60 billion to spend on the proxy war in Ukraine, and $4.8 billion to support partners in the Indo-Pacific, and a portion of that is going to go toward replenishing weapons that the U.S. sends to Taiwan. So that means more military aid is on the way for Taiwan, which is hugely provocative toward China. Um, the bill also provides $2.44 billion to U.S. Central Command to address combat expenditures related to the conflict in the Red Sea. So funding that new war, and I call it a new war with the Houthis, the U.S. has backed been involved in a war against the Houthis for a long time, but this is a new—you know—it's directly the U.S. and the Houthis are fighting directly. All right, so the next one here. Um, so this is just kind of a separate story on the the, the Israel bill that Johnson has put forward. So again, it's seventeen point six billion dollars, and that's a lot of money. It includes funds to replenish Israel's missile systems, provide Israel with advanced weapons systems and produce more bombs and artillery shells. And it also provides funding to replenish U S stockpiles of weapons that have already been sent to Israel. And this is all to support the massacre that we're seeing in Gaza, uh, which at this point has killed over 27,000 Palestinians and 11,500 children. And, According to uh, Ynet, the Israeli uh, news site, over 25,000 tons of U.S. weapons have been delivered to Israel since October 7th, and it's not clear where they've got all the money to deliver all those weapons, and they're not being transparent at all about what they're what they're delivering. If you see with the Ukraine aid, when they announce weapons packages, they they put out these lists of everything that they're sending Ukraine. I'm sure there's some things that they're not telling us, but it's much more transparent than what's happening with Israel. We really don't know all of the things that they're sending sending to Israel to support uh, what's happening in Gaza. All right, so the next one here, the Israeli army is behind a graphic telegram channel. So this is an article from Haaretz, the Israeli... Uh, paper, and it says the Israeli army admits running unauthorized graphic Gaza influence op. So I I think I might have covered this on here. Haaretz had a report a few weeks ago about this Telegram channel called 72 Virgins, and it puts out really disgusting, brutal content of Hamas fighters being killed and and in some cases kind of maimed and, and tortured, just really Horrific things with like horrible captions and and things that they say, and so that report from Harrets, they they had some evidence that it might have been the Israeli military psyops behind that Telegram channel, and they denied it at first, but now they've done an investigation and they admitted, oh yeah, it looks like it was some members of the military behind this thing. They're claiming it was unauthorized, but I I wouldn't be surprised if this was authorized. If this was you know just Israeli psyops that they that they, you know, didn't have any problem with putting out there. But So some of the graphic content includes images of dead bodies of, of Hamas members captioned, shatter the terrorist's fantasy. Um, on several occasions, they posted exclusive material from investigations or information that was only available to the defense establishment at the time, boasting that it was exclusive from Gaza. They uploaded thousands of videos and still images of the killing of terrorists and the destruction in the strip and encouraged the channel's followers to share the content so that everyone can see we're screwing them. The operators used coarse language in a bid to obscure the IDF's involvement in the channel. Um, Man. So one post read, quote, burning their mother. You won't believe the video we got. You can hear their bones crunch." We'll post it right away. Get ready, end quote. Photos of Palestinian men captured by the IDF in the strip and the bodies of uh, Hamas members were captioned, quote, exterminating the roaches, exterminating the Hamas rats, share this beauty, end quote. So, of course, no shame about the horrible things that they are uh, sharing. All right, so the next one here, I just put in the live update from Al Jazeera about the situation in Gaza because there's been a lot of strikes and and a lot of destruction in the past 24 hours or so. Um, so rescue teams. So so there was a lot of strikes in Deir el bala which is in central Gaza, and it said this their live update thing says that rescue teams search for survivors as local authorities say 30 people were killed in Israeli air attacks on safe homes and a mosque in central Gaza. Health workers, patients, and displaced Palestinians are trapped inside the Al-Shifa hospital, Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza City. Again, I guess Al-Shifa is under siege again. Um, and there's video showing Israeli snipers killing Palestinians nearby. It seems like there's a lot of fighting now, again, like between Hamas and Israeli troops on the ground in the north. So Hamas is really making a comeback in northern Gaza. Um and another thing that happened over the weekend, Israel started increased its strikes on Rafah, the city in the south, where there's over a million Palestinians. Can, you know, they said it was a so-called safe zone, and and they're expecting to launch a ground invasion, a ground operation there. So um, everything's still, uh, you know, really intense. All right, so the next one here, the UN says that 17,000 Gaza children left unaccompanied. So this is another article from Al Jazeera. There's just something about this, you know, I hadn't really thought about. We see these horrific statistics of the number of children killed, but this is about the ones basically left without parents and whether they're killed or they're separated. And I think in many cases that they're actually killed. So at least 17,000 children in the Gaza Strip have been left unaccompanied were separated from their families nearly four months into Israel's assault on the enclave, the United Nations Children's Agency estimates. Nearly all children in the Strip also require mental health support, UNICEF said on Friday. Um, So one UNICEF official said, quote, This 17,000 figure corresponds to 1% of the overall displaced population, 1.7 million people, end quote. 1.7 million people displaced. Um and they say each one is a child coming to terms with a horrible new reality. And you see a picture here of a, a Palestinian girl with looks like she's missing a foot. So that's another thing, is the the number of children that have been maimed is is just horrific. All right, so the last story here. Ukraine shells a bakery with U.S. weapons and kills 28. So Russia said on Sunday that at least 28 people were killed in the Ukrainian shelling of a bakery in Lyshansk, a city in the Russian-controlled Luhansk Oblast in eastern Ukraine. The The bakery was hit on Saturday afternoon, and the death toll rose as emergency workers searched through the rubble overnight. According to Reuters, local officials, and they're referring to the the leader of the LPR, the Luhansk People's Republic, which declared itself independent from Kiev in 2014 after the U.S.-backed coup. And so there's been a war going on in this part of Ukraine for since 2014. Uh, Luhansk is—Russia uh, controls virtually all of Luhansk. There's a, if you look at the map, there's a few spots— very small areas that Ukraine controls. But for the most part, the whole oblast is controlled by Ukraine. Um, so anyway, the local officials say that the strike was carried out using a U.S.-provided HIMARS rocket system, and that's kind of the advanced uh, GPS-guided artillery system that the U.S. has been providing Ukraine with. Uh, the Russian foreign ministry said that Western weapons were used. They didn't specifically say the U.S. HIMARS uh, but Maria Zakharova, the foreign ministry spokeswoman, called it a terrorist attack. Um, and if you're watching here, you see, I put in a map from South Front, and, you know, we haven't been covering the situation in Ukraine too much. But if you look across the front lines, you know, there's tons of fighting going on. It's It's still raging. And Russia is slowly making gains. Pretty much all year, they've been slowly, uh, making incremental gains, but it's steady. So Ukraine is certainly just not in a good position when it comes to uh, the way the battle lines are moving. And because of that, we've seen more Ukrainian attacks, I think, inside Russia, inside Russian-controlled Ukraine. Um, 97 Ukrainian drones were downed uh, on Sunday, over the past 24 hours on Sunday, according to the Russian Defense Ministry. So it shows that um, Ukraine is... You know th- their mindset. I think is try to just do as much damage as we can to Russia. Um, you know, away from the the front lines. <clears throat> um, and we saw that because if if you remember last month, there was the attack on the market in Donetsk that killed twenty seven, and then Ukraine downed a Russian military transport plane that was inside Belgorod, inside Russia, uh, that Russia said was carrying dozens of Ukrainian POWs. And Putin actually said that that was downed with a U.S. Patriot missile. I'm not sure if that was confirmed or not, but, you know, it just goes to show what Ukraine is doing with these weapons that the U.S. is uh, sending over there. Uh, so that's it for the news for today. Please go check out our viewpoints. We have one from Ted Snyder. The democracy versus autocracy narrative has a Ukraine problem. One from Kelly Vlahos. Beware the Iran Pearl Harbor moment. One from Ramsey Baroud. History, olive trees, and football. What keeps Palestinians strong? One from Douglas McGregor. To bomb or not to bomb Iran? That is the question. And one from Gideon Levy. 11,500 children killed in Gaza. A horror with no explanation. Um, So that's it. You could always support this show by uh, sharing it, telling your friends about Antiwar.com, like, subscribe, all that stuff on YouTube and, and Rumble. Um anyway I'll uh, I'll be back tomorrow with some more news for you thanks for listening